0: Hi, I'm Russ Camarda, an independent filmmaker and actor in New York and in between the chances I get to do my creative projects, I love to sit down and talk with other artists to see how it is they do what they do, how they take art and use their craft to reveal truth to an audience. So, in this series of conversations, you'll meet some people you may recognize, some people you won't recognize, but they're all independent artists and we'll get in-depth in a long-form conversation to see how it is they do what they do. Welcome to Art Craft Truth. This time on Art Craft Truth, we delve into one of my favorite crafts photography. For over 20 years, Chris Eckert has been an industry leader in event, corporate, fashion, technological photography, among much, much more, with clients like Jaguar, Rolls-Royce, Christian Dior, Facebook, Uber, the list goes on and on. And in this conversation, he's going to help us get into the nuts and bolts of how still photographers take that glass on the camera and shape light to tell a story. Chris Eckert. Hey, what's up, bud? You wear that? You rock the Unfair Advantage. The, I, I, I just for you. I wore this this uh, this this outfit. So, uh, uh, nice. Yeah, there's
1: yeah promo.
0: Figure figu- I'd remind you of our uh, where we first met. So the, that's interesting. So man, <laughs> Great. so man, you made me work for this one. We finally got you. We cornered you way up there in uh, upstate New York. We cornered you so that we can uh, get you on. I'm psyched. And really what I want to like dig into, like we'll go over stuff you've done in your career and stuff, but I want to dig into like, you know, how you look at stuff, how you choose your lenses, how you think about light and glass and everything, you know, all the photography stuff, you know, the real nuts and bolts of uh, how a photographer does it? Yours is an art form um, that I fell in love with. I've been a, a an independent filmmaker and a videographer for years and years and a couple of decades now, and, and uh, dabbled. My you know started obviously learning the basics of photography and, and still photography, but went into the the moving image part of it. Um, but a lot of it's all the same, and a lot of the the, the uh, theories and ideas are the same. And I'm really interested to see from your perspective how you approach. Your art how you craft it with the tools you have um so let's jump right in and the, first of all how did you how do you get started did you were you a kid who wanted to get into the arts at all were you a performer were you a behind the scenes guy like what what got that camera in your hand how did that happen
1: Yeah, i mean good place to start yeah um uh i've always thought you know you know look at these professional photographers and whatnot and uh, Sometimes you can read these, like, wishy-washy bios. Uh, My grandpa's old camera, I found it in the attic, and it sparked the interest. But um, for me, it wasn't really the camera that started it. It was more of a different life. I was a soccer player in the 90s, um, an athlete, um, scholarship athlete, and I got to travel the world (laughs) by playing sports. And I grew up in a very middle class midwestern background the oldest of three and you know my family didn't travel with me and uh do those kind of things that some of the people were doing at that age you know where you know the kids were the primary aspect of their lives and things like that i just sort of grew up in a midwestern <laughs> indiana family and i would go on these trips you know non-stop because i was a an athlete and It really did turn into this kind of thing where you know it started turning into hey just take some pictures wherever you're going (laughs) you know we as a teenager we got to go to you know originally florida and colorado and then we got to go to south america and europe and and play sports for a living and a lot of us traveled at that age in 1992 93 94. if you're old enough to remember that excuse me uh day and age um with nintendo's yeah early game form. So, you know, I eventually started taking pictures.
0: So it. so all right, let's so let me stop you right there. So uh you were a little younger than me, but we're about the same age. Uh so you're going on these trips, what's the camera you have in your hand? What are you shooting with?
1: Uh, that is the sappy story. It was my dad's Pentax <laughs> 60. And uh it was, and I was shooting Tri-X 100, 200, 300 and I eventually built a darkroom in my in my basement. Cool. Um under 500 dollars had some chemicals my parents carved a place out for me and you know we'd come back from these amazing sporting trips and everybody really wanted to see what i was doing and some of that was um because you know there was nobody else there to witness so as an early stage i would say it was more journalism like bearing witness to what the hotels look like what you saw what your friends look like what colorado looks like what florida looks like what wow. you know texas and you know these are not the things that your family you're not taking family vacations right. you know you're 13 14 15 years old getting on a plane getting on a bus traveling with strangers to your family and many of them wanted to know what you were doing so photography really at the earliest stages you know even in high school um was about documenting Trips. Right.
0: So, at those, at and, that age, at that age, do you have any sort of sense of composition, or you just kind of point and shoot? I mean, what what was your eye like even then? Um,
1: I mean, to be facetious, I would say that uh, it's like photography now. <laughs> let it rip! Right. Let it rip. Throw it in front of the internet, let's see what sticks. Right. There was nothing. I mean, there was your friends. There were you know, there were your food, which is obviously a popular thing these
0: days. See you but, See you honestly
1: you know, back then we did I didn't never do that one. I never said, Hey, this is what we ate. I never did that. Oh you weren't you know, you weren't, a, like,
0: weren't a pioneer in uh, I would say I would
1: say the original early inspirations from some of the things that I saw were more landscape based. Um okay. you know, shy around people. Not in your face, but, you know, more visuals of um, a country or a landscape or a mountainscape that, you know, was, you know, foreign to me. Um, Wow, wow, you you know, where I came from, this doesn't look like this. Where I came from, this isn't the same. Wow, hey, um, I didn't see the ocean until I think I was almost 13 (laughs) years old growing up in the Midwest. So taking pictures of the ocean became, you know, more of a different style of photography versus if you grew up on the ocean sure and um you know and then of course my friends and you have to understand too that we were competitive at a very you know national scale international scale so even the people on your team weren't your friends that you grew up with Mm. so there wasn't there wasn't automatic intimacy that you might expect Mm. you know even though i had access to some of this stuff so
0: so just as a as a a side road what what position were you playing
1: was a defender.
0: You're a defender. So um, did you think at at this young age, at this level of competition, this is what you were going to do? Were you thinking like Olympics? Like, What was your mindset?
1: If anybody remembers, um, you know, I believe 1994 is when the World Cup was played in the United States and um, it changed, I think, the youth culture forever uh, with an Italian immigrant family from Chicago and a dairy farming family from the um, Indiana, um, I don't think we ever looked at sports as like, you know, the end game. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we grew up in a ultra Catholic community in Northern, if anybody's ever seen the movie Rudy. <laughs> right. Notre, Dame, Notre Dame fans, um, you know, and there was, and I didn't play American football. So I think that, you know, if you weren't a football player in Northern Indiana in 1992, 93, you weren't getting a lot of looks, but when the World Cup happened, and mm. you know, people really started to take a look into soccer, and we can talk about this in twenty twenty one because it's a tremendous sport in this country, yeah. Which most kids are striving for, versus you know, when we grew up, NFL football and things were right. you know
0: the well when the, I the pinnacle when I grew up in the seventy a little little bit before just a few years before you you know when Pele came to the there was kind of this soccer explosion in the late 70s, early 80s. All kids were playing soccer. I didn't do it, but a lot lot of my cousins, everybody played it. And then it faded away a little till again, the 90s when it came back.
1: I think the league, I think, so, you know, to revert right back to the question, um, it, you know, it didn't seem like it was going to be something forever. But when you're a teenager, you don't think about something (laughs) like that. So, um, you know, I was able to actually procure, you know, some of that sports and, um, you know, go on to college, get a scholarship, but like photography was the underlying thing that I was like, you know, I would say travel. Right. You know, so above above, so above photography.
0: So in those original shots when you're shooting the team and you're out on the road and, and obviously you gotta wait to get those pictures developed back, you know, in the day, you know, you gotta you gotta get it do it right. Um, what was the turn on where you 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 snapped shots out somewhere in some town, you developed those pictures, you saw them and you went oh wow that's cool I'm Um, I'm pretty good at this I I like that what was that yeah well this is a good question
1: because I think it's something that's slightly pertinent to today is um, my parents for example um, didn't pay for photography Hmm. Um, you know we were well taken care of everything was great but like photography you know if it's something you want to do you got to do it so I had a job I had a job then as well so I think um the reward of paying for getting your film developed, buying your film.
2: Right.
1: Um, you know, your camera got broke. It cost $150. <laughs> uh honestly, my parents were like, well, you gotta fix it. Right. And They didn't give me $150 to fix that camera. You know, I, I I paid for it and I fixed it. And I was learning that at a very young age, so like beyond photography being artistic, it was also something that, you know, it was expensive honestly you know my friends were into and you know i'm not saying anything with gamers i'm not saying anything (laughs) i I played video games too you know mario kart seems to be popular (laughs) right now with uh joe biden playing i did all that stuff i had the nintendo 64 and we all played games but to have sort of a tertiary uh or secondary if you will um acting you know thought pattern where it costs some money Sure. and i think i think parents and you know on that level also had to make a decision how much money do we invest in the trombone the right. drum set right. the photography set right. because things wax and wane and um i didn't come from a background that it was automatic so for me to bring home 10 rolls of triax and to go ahead and push it through a you know black and white lab that was difficult to find in northern indiana and then to print a contact sheet, which nobody ever even saw before because everybody just takes their pictures to Walgreens and they get doubles, and then you send doubles to your aunt, and then you send doubles to your uncle, and then you keep the doubles, and nobody knows what to do with the doubles. And we weren't, you know, it was very early that I learned we weren't playing the same game because I was looking for one or two pictures off of a roll of
0: 24. Well, I'll tell you what, this is a theme that's going to come back and forth through as we talk is this this analog uh, generation and the value uh, when when something when there's a cost to not doing it well to not doing it right where you had to commit to the print and you had to commit to the the craft where it wasn't disposable and a, d- a quick delete on the back of some screen somewhere and I think that changes how you, The trajectory of how you're going to look at the rest of your career is my guess is how you progress that's always underneath everything is right how you informs how everything you do i would think
1: i mean you know we can fast forward to 20 yeah let's we we can jump around or any time that you want to but because the comment that you just made is kind of you know prevalent to some things i already have been thinking about is when you enter new york city let's say, 1999, you know, photo assisting scene, photo, you know, production scene, photo analog scene, pre-digital, and you're a master. And I'm, I'm not a master, but the people that you work for are masters. You know, 10 different photographers have 10 different ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, a style of film, a brand of film, a style of camera, a different style of camera. I would I would call, I, I always call 2003 to 2004 five um, digital transition years because okay. that's what it happened for me right and uh, and I can tell you that story as well but um, at the moment I would just like to say like the entrance to the you know New York City commercial scene watching what I would call masters you know like the money on the table okay and this is actually like a you know a moot point as well but you know the film budgets of a certain <laughs> you had to buy film right and you had to take a picture mm-hmm. And you, it was important to you, and it was something that was going to run in a national magazine or an advertising campaign. Generally speaking, the money that it cost you to buy film and Polaroids and things that you needed to take that picture were more than today's day rates on <laughs> on a general level <laughs> That's for creativity. <the> right. <laughs> so, ignore the rate that you get, you know. But the day rates have been lowered for a reason because you don't have to know as much,
2: right?
1: And, and that's, that's simple. That's pretty simple economics. Like right. uh, I don't feel slighted by it. You know, I feel like I know a lot, Sure. but what I know is no longer as valuable as what it once was.
0: Right, right, right. So, yeah. so let's get back to that, that those original masters. I, I don't think we need to get into your whole uh, youth and college experience like I would normally do with, uh, you know, actors and whatnot. But I, I want to get right into the craft with you when you're first of all, when you where did you go to school? Duke. Duke. So when you Duke? Well, hey, big big time. Thanks. So so uh, Blue Devils. So when I you... told you, I
1: also <laughs> played soccer. <laughs>
0: That's right. Yeah, you were you were seri- yeah. you were no. I, t- I was a,
1: I was a stu- I was a student athlete.
0: So you had a scholarship to Duke for soccer. Yes, I did. That's intense, man. So you're a world class athlete. This is. Well,
1: I was traveling. I was traveling the world from very young age because of sports.
0: Intense. Yeah. So where in? So let's let's go back. Where does that? Where do you let that go? Where does that drift out of your hand, and, and the other, th- and the camera get into it?
1: I've talked about this um, many times, and you know, uh, again, like I want to say, um, first, you know, to your, you know, fans and you know, the people watching this, that uh, I'm Gen X. That's right, baby. Born and raised. That's it. <laughs> born in 1976. You're the dragon. So many of my perspectives are coming. You know, I, I believe at this moment in time, importantly from that perspective because give me 10 years above and give me 10 years below I I do you know again I have um, I do believe a lot of perspectives are very different based Mm. on exactly the time now more than ever than when you were born that's maybe not this podcast conversation but I think in an artistic level i'm gen x you know 1976 so i I was there for you know the dot-com boom in college and i was there for the digital revolution in the early 2000s of everything you know i went to college um and i didn't have a computer (laughs)
2: that's right
1: i didn't i didn't have a phone you know i wrote letters to my brother and sister so we were that one foot in one foot out of generation of like some of my friends had a cell phone, and some of us
0: didn't. Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's that's what happens to it. Happened in obviously in the film industry the same way. It's it, it, there's always been that debate as as time has gone on as to what, and the aesthetics are a little different, although digital catches up in certain ways and they're all they're all different but we like you said we were the ones that straddled that line and that that changeover um and like i said I that was get...
1: the point i was trying to make about the straddle yeah i mean know?
0: so so, so was the
1: it the people that are younger than me that have you know amazing talent sure. amazing talent like i've never seen before You know, they will go back and retroactively learn something, but they didn't straddle any kind of line. And then the people that were amazing and beautiful in that film world, many of them had transition, difficulty transitioning into a digital
0: world. Absolutely. So so right from the get go, what is it that that makes you decide this is a career choice where you're going to go? I'm going to pick up this camera, buy this equipment and do this stuff for a living. What when did that happen for you?
1: It's interesting. I think, um, man, I had to really like pinpoint a time.
0: Was it? It was Uh, out of school. I would imagine, right? uh, I guess it
1: came down to what I really enjoyed at that point in time. Um, You know, the you know wanderlust, travel. Okay. Like it was. It was. You know, that was all that I really liked. You know, New York City was calling, (laughs) which I eventually succumbed to, but uh, I wasn't ready. And, you know, I didn't know how I wasn't ready, but I saw my friends going there and I knew I wasn't exactly the same because they had a uh, reason to be there. Mm. And I knew by visiting, you know, throughout the course of the time in college that it was not a place to try to figure it out.
0: Yeah. It's, you don't, uh, you don't tr- I mean, if you're going to commit, you commit. You don't trifle. With
1: it. <laughs> I mean, maybe New York is a place to figure it out for others. But yeah. for me, it wasn't because right. I didn't have any money and because I didn't mm. have a job. So, you know, I had to think about things alternatively. And I was like, really, all I like to do is travel.
2: Right.
0: Travel. Do you still have, and I'm going to, I promise, I'm going to get the camera in your hand. I'm going to reach to the screen and I'm going to put the camera in your hand in two seconds. But do you still have that, any of that wander lust? Is there there any of that stuff that still wants you to, to, wants to get out and, or is it gone? I mean...
1: (laughs) it's no i mean it's nonstop. stop it's I'm, um you know i'm a father of a four-year-old right um i'm you know my wife is um you know new york city based you know not at the moment because of we're in COVID times right. but you know once i entered new york city um that also fulfilled the wanderlust sector because you know, i I'll plug it right now. There's nowhere else to live unless you're <laughs> unless you're living from like a hub like that, right you, know, you can you can call it Milan. You can call it Tokyo. You can call it Berlin. You can say what you want. But, like, New York City is the place to be for an artist on the move,
0: yeah, because you walk out your door and you're already traveling. You know, you, you, go, you walk it's through walks like, yeah. and you're traveling. Traveling without moving is, you know, yes. the old shooter. All right. What, what, what is the path that gets you looking through that viewfinder and shooting? Mm,
1: I had a couple funny breaks because it wasn't always like, you know, I don't really think we need to reflect on like, you know, the how you get here. Because honestly, the most, you know, I have to admit, the most talented people I work with in this day, to this day, have come from slightly traditional paths you right. know art school and learned and you know showed up in my doorstep with a portfolio and ideas you know because right. you can see you can see the vision and you can see the the future in their eyes and you're like well i want to work with somebody like you because you're going to help me you know so what i have to talk about like that early stage again was the few breaks that i got not knowing much about commercial photography in new york city were we're just breaks, you know, and they were showing up without knowing what you're doing. And the people that I worked with were sometimes generous, sometimes not. There's, when you're an assistant and, you know, we were still based on like a, um, uh, what do you want to, what is the word? Um,
0: apprenticeship, um, internship kind of vibe. apprenticeship Apprenticeship.
1: <laughs> so when you're, so when you have like an apprenticeship and you're working for somebody, and there's many people on set. And then you know, and this is something that you know maybe a big commercial set is about that not everybody knows what a big commercial set is. Is, um, you know, the, the you wait for your peer group to grow up with you, mm. and you know you see assistants on set, and you're an assistant on set, and then two, three, four years later down the line, that assistant becomes right. a leader. Right. And you remember, and you used to used to still do. Grow up with your peer set, meaning like if you persevere long enough and you hang in the game long enough, then, you know, it's a very big commitment to not make money for years of your life right. because you want to become a photographer. Right, so, right. You know, I didn't show up in New York City with like a paycheck or a job or insurance. It's, you know, it's almost 10, I think, well, I entered at 20, about 22 years old and I believe I'm still in debt. But um, <laughs> yeah. but I but I made my way out of serious debt by the time I was like 32, 33 years old. Right. So, it, you know, it took almost ten years for me. I think I started I started shooting personally when I was um, twenty seven years old. I started attaining my own clients, but that was three years after I was working for people, and working for people means cleaning their studios, <laughs> driving the vans. Taking out their garbage, ripping Polaroids, doing film runs, doing basically messenger. Things. Okay, so I want to stop. I want to. I want to stop
0: you know, I wanna, I wanna stop here because this this again goes back to that theme of value. You know what things actually cost in in the world we kind of came in, where there is an apprenticeship, because in all the arts, whether it's filmmaking or acting or the theater, or where the the world I come from. It's not rocket science. It's not um, it's not uh, biochemistry or brain surgery. There's not this sort of direct line of you must do this, this, this and this to get there. We all kind of come to it. Some come from the film school play. Some come from and the one of the big ones is this sort of relationship apprenticeship. Uh, working within a circle and that circle becomes a bigger circle and those circles. That's how we did it and you you grow your own business and your own career out of this sort of Relationship building thing, you know as opposed to get this degree to that degree to you know what I mean? And that's what people don't understand a lot about about the arts is It's not this sort of direct college route that everybody else takes We all come at it from different and we attain mastery at it from different angles And the value of what you're doing, of what you did, is, yeah, clean the studio, buddy. You know, your first job, sweep the floor. You you go deliver this film. And there's a value to that that, I don't know whether it's lost or not. I'm sure it still exists to some degree, these levels of apprenticeship. But that's very important and, I think, influential in how you you attack your own art later when you're the guy. You know what I mean? You have that stuff under you. I think...
1: You know, that's that's articulated exactly the same way that I think. And I mean, there's stories of um, you know Irving Penn living in Long Island. You know, there's stories of you know Andy Warhol never being at a party. Right. It's you know, I mean, who? I mean, you know, these are you know icons that you know you hear about in the art world. But like they, but if you do study them. You know they were true masters of there was you know you think you gotta go to the party you think you gotta you know you think you gotta stay late you think you gotta you know have coffee with everybody and you know i mean you get to a certain point and some of the best people that have produced art photography are at this level where you know again right now what we're just talking about is um you know the, that connection because you know they probably had a connection that gave them sure. um, security in living that life, right. and I would say, as a, you know, working artist who has built their career on circles of friends, it's it's a it's a sandy slope. Um, <laughs> Are we all friends? Are we all not? <laughs> right. You know, we all have good times. We all enter different phases of our lives. Right. And it's it's risky. And, you know, also to get to that element, like you said from the beginning, to get to that place. Um, I mean, how do you know enough people to make enough money to live? <laughs> Let's just be honest, you know, like glossy magazines, you right. know, like fun stuff, which we were both a part of and are a part of, but, you know, they honestly don't exist anymore. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, we'd see somebody that was a size that we wanted to fit into denim and you could pass out a card and you could call a number and you could come in for a casting. And, you know, it's very organic on that level, which I don't think everybody understands the organics of that level. Right. Hey, I work for um, X, X magazine company I'm an editor, and you should just call me and come in for a fitting. And, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, you got a street cast, right, right? Right. And it was legal, and it was and it was honest, and
0: and it was a very,
1: you know, it's very difficult to do now because of you know, like everybody's a brand, you know? yeah, so and like they're all savvy.
0: They're all savvy about what everybody's that means.
1: savvy. And you know, I'm not saying I, you know, again, I want to be very clear that like it's not. I'm not trying to articulate any kind of taking advantage of story because I don't feel that when things were slightly more analog and slightly slower that anybody was being taken advantage of because things were very vetted and things were very thought through. Right. Um, whereas now I, I do believe, I mean, you know, it's just easier, it's just easier like most things. And I think writers and musicians and, you know, actors and photographers and, filmmakers have all been affected by the digital, um, you know, sort of like thing, but like, you know, we, if we can just go back to the beginning of where we were speaking was what if you were the photographer, you know, that had, you know, a camera system that cost thousands of dollars, Mm -hmm. maybe tens of thousands of dollars. And then you had film that cost a tremendous amounts of money as well. And then you had a lab that you had been working with for, five years, 10 years, 20 years, and the lab knew. And there's recipes behind all of these things because all of these things involved
0: chemistry. Chemistry, right. True, true. True chemistry.
1: Meaning even if you didn't understand chemistry, you still have to understand that, you know, if you were shooting something like Chrome or if you are shooting negative, what speed negative, you know. And now, you know, ISO to like
2: uh,
1: <laughs> somebody <laughs> without analog knowledge, ISO is... A speed right but it, it true it truly is a speed and everybody does kind of understand that something like an iso can increase um, grain as the higher you get speeds but but nobody really understands that because they hadn't looked they have not looked at the film grade right. of that speed and the seeing the bubbles how big it is right. and how big it is when you drop it into chemistry and how then you have to export it but you know there was masters along the way that also knew how to manipulate that chemistry maybe not themselves Mm. also through connections i'm not saying everybody did everything right again you know um you know the irving pens you know the anti-liebowitzes of the world they have Mm. laboratories that truly work for them and laboratories on serious laboratories that were working twenty four seven. Right, right. So I think, you know, to go back to like being an artist, taking a picture um, with, you know, a camera that you basically can now get for graduation <laughs> from your parents. That <laughs> right. is essentially the same tool that, you know,
2: a master somebody was else uses. In, right.
1: But then but then what's happened? How do so then what's happened? How do we figure it out on the back end? Um, filters you know yeah. filters truly are chemistry ways of developing film right that have been digitally replicated so kudos for the mm. access but um it it leaves some people in the dark no i mean, no, they, I mean they, hey they look
0: look all these things all these things that we're talking about here are ultimately tools i mean and it, and to 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 say that, uh, you know, to to look at a a contractor and say, you know, boy, that's an amazing house you built. That must be some saw that you have. You know, it's, it's not the saw. I don't care what the saw was It the contractor built it. So the the artist is the one who knows how to manipulate those tools and use them. And the basics of understanding the visual image are the same. I mean, the chemistry, the, the ASA, the ISO has been replaced. With a, with a digital wheel that, you know, uh, changes that. But the shutter and the aperture and the composition and the lead lines and all the ways you... Those haven't changed, and that's up to the craftsman. That's the craftsman who decides what the depth of field it is, what the what the image is. It's it's you. You're the one who's doing it, and so the kid getting that camera graduation is going to end up taking pictures of their feet, you know. And the master is going to know how to use that tool. So I want to jump ahead uh, because it, um, uh, I want to get into. I don't want to do too much of a sort of a career retrospective because I don't, I don't want to. I don't think that's. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's all that valuable. When things pop up, you know, like I worked on this project or something, throw it in. But I want to get into how you do it now, what you, what your process is now. So, and again, it's going to vary from project to project because you've done things from fashion to corporate to event to, you know, uh, artistic landscaping travel all you've done every possible thing an artistic photographer can do and a commercial photographer can do for high end you know big clients and for yourself so obviously it's going to change but when you walk into a situation with your eyes and your tool what's the first things that you're looking at uh to do is there like a you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to go in with the uh, shutter 250 at five, six, and then decide from there. Or like, do you have like, you know, idea, like, is there a starting point from when you walk onto a job and then you adjust from there? How do you do that? What's your um, idea?
1: I think the answer to that question would be some of my more, um, you know, high powered event work? Mm. Um, you know, again once a ag- not sought after in this day and age you know i can say that it's a space where being extremely professional is the most important mm. versus something you know potentially more you know um fashion based right you know, where maybe technique isn't as important maybe vibe is important interesting you know, music's important you know and, and that's right. all good right it's right. a young tends to be a young person's game and you know i've been through many 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 and you fashion. talk
0: for, uh, just to clear you're talking like fashion. that's the young person's vibe version is the sort of the fashion thing we're talking just about. saying fashion tends right. on
1: less technique and
0: events that the high powered names if you
1: want to go into yeah what you what you know how you know it how you get paid to what you know yes um you walk into a space and you know what's honestly, most important is walkthroughs. okay? Because these things that are having, you know, tremendous amounts of money generated, whether it be an auto industry, or whether it be the wedding industry, or whether it be a uh, corporate event, mm. you know, and, and, you know, investor day, right. you name it. These things are rehearsed hmm. with audio, visual, you know it's they're all called you know av1s av2s av3s you know like it becomes technical and then you become the photographer so you know you kind of enter through the back door and then they say who are you and you say i'm the photographer i'm the videographer right and then they say okay then you go and you stand next to catering for a second (laughs) and then then you stand next to you know video for a second right yep if you if you will and then we're all standing there and we're all like, what are we gonna do? Right. But we all know what we're gonna do.
0: Right.
1: We're gonna we're going to do everything we were asked to do and we will there will be no questions.
0: Right. So
1: And that's that's professional.
0: And that's and that's where you and I met in in the kind of event space big money thrown at, at a live event that's a several clients all involved and we're shooting and we're covering and and it's a it's run and gun it's kind of documentary style with some different things set up but more specifically and and you've articulated really clearly what it is to be a professional in that environment and why you get paid but aside from the getting paid part aside from the the uh, the gravitas you have to have as a, as a grown man or woman and being a professional, what the actual technique is. Let's just, let's, let's, let's split them up. Cause they all are, are very different. Let's say a run and gun environment like that, where you're covering an event. Uh, Cause there's probably a lot of wedding type photographers out there on a, on a different level who, are, who might listen to this as well. Um, but even on the big events, what is your, like, what's the gear like what, uh, what kind of lenses are you thinking? Are you like, I need my 70 to 200 and then a 24 to 70 so that I can, is it an off count? Like what is the actual nuts and bolts of how you think about covering that kind of a thing? You know?
1: Um, well, I mean, I've recently, um, I wouldn't say it's it's a buckle. Um, but, um, I offer everything Okay. to tell you the truth. You know, like you know, not to sound. Dumb. No,
0: but I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not particularly saying what what you need, to, what you're selling for the for you as a as a working professional, but you as an artist, like, what do you need? What's your tools? Like, you say, okay, well, I need artists, this, this.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's part of it is you know, like, you know, erudite, like whatever, but like, how um, I roll with um, Super Eight.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I, I roll with <laughs> digital cameras. Um, <laughs> i roll with holgas i roll with anything right because it doesn't really matter right you know at a certain you know position you know it's like i could shoot a dslr frame and turn it into a holga square with a push of a button but so can you Yeah. yeah and so can you know probably the person that's paying me to do it right but if i give you you know um, you know the whole goes that, and I don't use them honestly. I'm just using it like an obscure example. But things I have built over the years. I mean, I have, I have many manipulated tools that I've used. Um, I Look. used to do this really. I used to do this really fun thing where, um, if anybody is old enough to remember, I would use a Diana lens um, on a SLR.
0: Explain phone. what? Explain what that is. <laughs> a
1: Diana lens was. Um, it's a toy lens that was the same as a Holga camera, D-Y-A-N, Diana. I don't know. I didn't spell it right. But, um, but you know, it created f-stops with, um, you know, drills. <laughs> and, you know, at one point in time, you know, if you could see this screen right here, having like a vignette
2: mm-hmm.
1: was difficult. Mm-hmm. Because if you turned in a, you know, a, five, you know, a frame off of a medium format camera it was difficult to get the vignette it was difficult and you know you had to drum scan again and post-produce so to get out of post-production i started creating different lenses on a camera but that was also again gimmicky, and you know I'm not sure how far I want to get into that kind of stuff well, because I, I, I want to. Get everybody in. has everybody has a little vaseline on the lens sure, or a little sure. water bottle that you can put in front, <laughs> right. Or maybe a little light. You know, here I'm right here right now, so you know, hey, maybe we lens can get a little light, light flash flare, <laughs> and you know. But I mean, but that's also creativity because technically when you do that right. you also do know what you're doing
0: yes or, or what you're looking well for. as an example i yeah. want to get into what what you dig too like what what turns you on I'll, and i'll just flip it on me for a second so when i love the look if i'm shooting a film it's it's kind of hip now but i've loved it my whole life it's coming back now uh, all of a sudden it's cool but is the anamorphic look anamorphic lens on a on a film camera and a particularly like an old Panavision C or one of these old cinema 70s panamorphics that is imperfect, that has real distortion on to, at the edges and, and flares come a certain way. I, I like to be aware of the glass. I like to be aware of the camera. Um, Uh, the imperfections of it. That's my taste. There's a lot of people who like a cleaner image and and, and more resolution. I like less, but that's, that's me like a vintage sort of, I, I like to know that there's imperfection in the frame. Um, you as a photographer if you, if,
1: if you choose that
0: yeah but i'm just talking my taste in general i mean it, it may it has to fit the specific project and fit the specific story but my taste like what i like what what says cinema to me is the that 240 wide frame with a with a uh a little edge distortion and, and it feels like a movie to me i it's just my taste um so yeah. what's your so, is do you have a taste do you have something where you're like i like images like this i like camera uh lenses yeah. like the, you know what is your thing
1: i mean i still i mean i have you know hundreds of film cameras um that i don't use anymore but uh <laughs> one that i do consistently go to uh if i do shoot film is um, i don't know probably about a 50 yashica twin lens <laughs> that has the spinner and every time you spin uh i've taken it in for repairs um you know all these fancy places and it scratches the film ah. and every time you roll the film there's a different scratch huh. and uh you know the exposures are tight obviously but you know when you develop that roll, i never know where the scratch is going to come there's some sort of inexplicable grain on that huh. roll that i can't nobody's found and it's a beautiful sometimes Ugly, sometimes terrible, sometimes unusable, mostly. But every once in a while you get this image that would never ever be created in Photoshop or in post, or I want this or that. So um right. That that's the creation, you know, of art, you know, which you know, not to sound too trite, you know, and nobody has time or money for that anymore. Like I'm slightly you know, afraid of, which is who's got time to me to burn, you know, five rolls to get this one cool scratch <laughs> right. that is not across the eye or the chin or
2: right.
1: or or God knows where. But um but you know, you develop rolls and rolls and rolls of film on something that has flaws. Right. And, you know, and I was, you know, talking cheap stuff earlier, like Holga Diana, like that was all fun stuff. But, you know, we scientifically you know with another photographer i used to work with um great friends to this day but you know it was the same concept that we were talking was like how do we create um consistent you know this was pre-filter and mm-hmm. so how do we create consistent bleeds from the right corner You know, <laughs> so we we used to drill you know these toy lenses out that fit on a
0: and explain contest. just for for people who' because we're, we're getting real deep into the weeds which I love technically yeah but the bleed the light bleed the the bleed you're talking about explain what that is just so to,
1: so to go back to the story I was telling mm. you about the diamonds right um we used to use them on a six four five um, body and um you know for anybody listening hopefully they we'll look up or find 645, but 645 gave you more frames on a medium format roll, and it gave you a different frame. And we were able to drill holes and do kind of fun light leaks. And, you know, again, like many people were doing this. This wasn't sure. something that was original, you know, um, you know. And, you know, to this day, but then, you know, I think one of, if we could just get rid of all that fun stuff or those tricks, Which, you know, you can call them tricks and fun stuff. But but there was a look. And if you could replicate that look all the time, because guess what? AT&T, you know, for the photographer I was working with at the time, uh, maybe I shouldn't say the name of the (laughs) brand, but a major major brand hired for hundreds of thousands of dollars, like a commercial photographer wants, for that look. And we had no access to filters. We knew how to do it in film. Right. We know how to do it in contact sheets. And, you know, having a, like a right corner light leak.
2: Sh- yeah, right. Sh-
1: it, was a, it was a drilled part of a lens. And then, you know, it wasn't as simple. So now, okay, let's just throw the, um, you know, what's the camera? Uh, 5D. Yeah, right. The, five, well, 5D Canon. Yeah, part, can- whatever. Four, what,
0: <laughs> whatever. Whatever.
1: Everybody uses the right. same camera. Right. Okay? Right. So the challenge is, is there's a big challenge now is how do you get your results to output different because everybody pushes that button the same. Right. And everybody uses the same lens because right. it comes with the lens.
2: Right.
1: Or you buy one. Right. You, or you know, I mean, but that's true. I'm talking right. about the graduation package. <laughs>
2: right. And I'm
1: talking about the dad in the zoo standing next to you. Right. Working a 5000-millimeter camera <laughs> system. Right like that's what i shoot and right. it's good enough right why do you have to overstep your professionalism to try to get results that not many people care about in the end game you want to simplify your process right so you know you know maybe that's not the right way to look at it maybe it's not the bad way but like if you're going to get hired 100 days a year to rip your 5d that's under warranty <laughs> can it.
0: And you grip it. So let me ask you this question, because that's a very interesting, and it and it does filter into a lot of the things I do as well, which is, just to summarize what you were describing there, what a lot of people post-digital age are sort of uh, uh, are used to is creating effects, creating things digitally with filters. What you were talking about was a light leak which was, uh, you know, where the film is overexposed because light gets in and it changes. And that was, for you guys, was an actual physical thing that you had to do to the lens to create a space where that light would to create a look, and you were being booked because you had that look. You created that look. Now, the post-digital revolution, everybody can do that with, you know, their fucking Snapchat filter or whatever the fuck they're doing. So what is it now that the photographer does that that has the look, you know, where it's, you know, this is what Chris does. This is what this guy, you know, like, can we still do that? Can we still do drill that hole in a metaphorical way? Is there something we do?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. Is this, I guess it's maybe a sad thing to say that I've gotten, um, less risky as I've become older because it's become more simple. Mm. Um, and you know, you want to think you were a little more, reckless and you know, <laughs> forth going when you know maybe in your you know like formative years of where now people call on you and demand something you right, know right. um but all i can say maybe this is um you know maybe this is an answer to the question maybe it's not but um you know i'm getting paid a lot of money next week to take a picture of one person on white there you go just saying so <laughs> And I fly home the same day and you know, whether that's something you want to do or not, it's questionable. Right. But the only reason that I'm the person that's taking that picture and not a person from Texas is because the company that I work for, work with expects it, believe it or not. And we'll fly you there and we'll put you up in a hotel and we'll take a picture for five minutes of a person to make sure that they get what they want. And that's, that's kind of the goal. So it's, you know, I, I you don't know. I, but you know what, Chris? That, no, we're,
0: that that's a different from the artistic question. But what that does speak to is what we talked about before, which is that doesn't happen without sweeping the floor, developing the film, delivering. I mean, that's a whole stack of years to become that guy. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, you for, can't, can't skip you know, that. this undisclosed job that you know i can't i mean and there's many sure. for like what i do to be sustainable um
0: so let so let me go this way let me go this direction with you which is i want to get into uh what is still the pat. like what's the passion uh when you're actually working uh what are some of the things because i'm hoping you'll you'll uh point me to some some prints and some shots i can use later to demonstrate. but what are some of the things that that turned you on in photos that you did? like can you remember particular a landscape a, a shot where you're like i loved how i did that or this 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 demonstrates what my what i am about you know like are there what what's the what is the passion in your photographs that you can point to that you can say that's me that's that's here's why i like that here's why i did that that way. You know, some just some examples so that I can kind of throw those up there. Oh,
1: I can't. You um, know, a couple of years ago, I would say, as um, a slightly random assignment, um, but you know, through word of mouth, and um, I got to travel with a Wanderlust <laughs> Yoga Group, mm. and um,
0: you know, it was a pitch. And first of all, how appropriate a title. For you,
1: <laughs> and, yeah, I, it, it, that, that's why I kind of wanted to, you know, out of everything I had done, you know, through fashion and you know teenage magazines and you know e-commerce startups and you know and and corporate life, um, I had never, I haven't ever really had very much um, difficulty attracting different people because I'm always attracting different people, you know, and I mean. To be perfectly honest, um, I think jack of all trades, master of none, is a moot point at at this level. I mean, you know, when I entered the game, there was a watch photographer, there was a <laughs> right a blonde photographer, there was right. a male photographer, there was a female photographer, there was a still life photographer, there was a natural light photographer, there was a studio photographer, mm. and you know, and hey, you know people are masters and not to take anything away from the masters, but, you know, it doesn't still have to be a jack of all trades. I mean, you know, the, what people are asking these days through image content creation doesn't require mastery on a lot of the jobs that you're commissioned to do. Right. It requires getting it done.
0: Wanderlust. It was a gift.
1: And, um, you know, I got to travel with my friends, you know, on a yoga tour from... <laughs> And I, I think June through almost September. And um, if you research the festival, it t- technically goes where ski mountains are in the oh. summer that are are active. And it's a big one, you know, 10,000 mm. people Thursday through Friday and uh, Thursday through a Sunday. I'm sorry. And, you know, the brief was like, hey, go to this, like, you know, like a Coachella every weekend. <laughs>
2: right, right.
1: <laughs> And, and, the, but, the, but, you know, you're in, you know, Whistler, Canada at 4 a.m. In the,
0: like, so, the helicopter. all right, so you're, oh, cool. So, you know, this is where I want to go. So, you're in Whistler, Canada at 4 a.m. What is it that you're, where's the big smile coming from? Like, what's the shot? You know, where you're like, fuck, look at that. You know, what is, what is it?
1: Not every job is, not every no. job is wonder unless no. yoga summer retreat.
0: Right, like, But what's cool And that about, was a lot. What's yeah. cool about that is it 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 takes you back to the the kid on the soccer tour with his friends taking pictures it's the same it's the same thing mm-hmm. now you got different kind of friends but you you're out there in an environment a, a, another country another place yeah. doing those landscapes and things just for a more geeky again to the craft part of it um, we talked about uh, studio setting versus the, you know, back in the day, there were the masters, the natural light guy, the blonde guy, the watch guy, the whatever you were saying, what do you prefer? What do you like? What do you find are the differences between shooting, you know, whatever the, the pro photo, you know, flash photography, controlled lighting situation to let's say out in the landscape at magic hour at natural light. Do you, is there one you like better to do? Do you prefer an environment over the other? Controlling light is what you do. So, what is what's the one you prefer? If you do, Mm, I
1: mean natural light. Yeah, Um, you know it's you know um, I think um, some of my websites and uh, the video work that I do is up. And if you look at the portfolios, I think you can see that it it trends natural. Um, I mean, and I'm talking natural now, like dark club. (laughs) Late at night, people right. dancing, right? But no lights. You yeah. I'm not using strobes. You know, I'm just Ambient. using on it. So, well,
2: yeah, whatever. In a club, you know, you floor know, light, right? Floor light, yeah. yeah. Flashlight, flashlights. Wow. You
1: know, just crazy amounts of light. You know, um, that you can now generate from uh, ramped up speeds. You know, right. especially with people's expectations. You know, I have, you know, I have no problem shooting um, above five thousand. Yeah, at all on my stills. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean all you know, times. like I'm, if I'm shooting uh, yeah. one of these cameras in my thing here is it uh, was is one of those Sony's and you know the ISOs are ridiculous.
1: <laughs> and <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. and you know some of the tax, you know, they are still hanging on like you know like they're they're questioning like oh, you don't want to be above ISO 1000 like don't worry <laughs> Well, I just yeah, I don't listen.
0: No, but He's I mean, like, I, I I understand. But my answer would be why the it's, grain? Th- you know, there is I understand no grain. the grain. There is no and, grain but, anymore. you know,
1: give me because then the versatility becomes creative again. Meaning, like, if you don't limit me, okay. And this is just a quick example of I used to assist a wedding photographer, and you know, we would basically get access into most venues day before morning of, and we would you know go into the tent risers and we'd throw strobes up into the top and we'd hang slaves down (laughs) Mm -hmm. so when he shot on his on-camera flash it generally would grab a slave sure right blow the room up you know because there wasn't enough light at you know to blow the room up it was just a face and it dropped to blackness as you know uh, with on-camera photography as it does so to blow the room up was a big deal Mm -hmm. and it took you know, it took bill. It took ladders. It took OSHA. Sure. It took you know insurance, and yes. um, it wasn't just iso five thousand. <laughs> no flash. Let's rip. And right. but that but that also means let's be creative because he was always cons- you know he she you know people we were working for back then, um, you know limitations. Yeah. Right. We yeah. ran out of batteries. The slave died. Absolutely. God forbid, you know, somebody disconnected a cord. We can't find it now. A hundred people are dancing. Yeah. So like the left, the left side of the dance floor was dead. So we had to shoot right all day. And, like yeah. people were making on-site decisions creatively very difficult. So, um, you know, the versatility that has been offered and available yeah. is, is an amazing technique. But again, it's like you said, it's like I, I own a, you know, I own a saw too do i cut my floor open (laughs) and build my own bathroom no (laughs) or or do i get the guy who owns the same saw as me and he does it because there must be some kind of knowledge in there that makes me do it versus you doing it or makes it guaranteed that you do it versus i do it it gets done right and there's still something to be said about that because you and i are both working pretty
0: consistently uh, doing the best non-stop
1: that's right but if you want to get paid uh for what you do then how do you convince the client that you're the best person for that job we can both walk into a room for instance okay uh entrance check (laughs) gift bags check you know reception desk check there's formulas to the things that you see often Mm -hmm. you know especially if you get into um any kind of event where's the picture of the auto of the of the pens that we (laughs) made right and you know they had these pens that you know were on every table and maybe you didn't notice because why would you nobody put on a brief you know but to be able to walk into a room with experience to know you kind of and you kind of understand that? Hey, I'm at the Four Seasons. This isn't Four Seasons branding. This is their brand. Right, right. I'm going to shoot it. Did you deconstruct the gift bag and show us what <laughs> we had? Of course I did.
2: Right. Yeah. Of course yeah, I did. Right. But did did they ask you to? No.
1: Right. Yeah. And then who That's gets right. asked after the fact? You. And then who gets blamed after the fact? You. You're a terrible photographer. You didn't right empty yeah. out the gift bag and show that we had funny glasses right, and right, right. mustaches and
0: uh you know devil's ears and that's all and that's all just knowing the Uh, gig you know that's i've worked. that's commercial that's commercial that doesn't
1: make you a great photographer that doesn't make you anything that makes you the combination of understanding right commerce and art um but then it also has to be good
2: you know so
1: that's where it comes into where maybe automatically you know that if you put you know um uh, uh, liquid hand sanitizer. <laughs> right. That's custom. and You want to set that sanitizer down, and you want to make sure that you're at two eight. Right. And you want to bleed it. Right. And then you want to, and because you don't have much light, right. and maybe you want to, you know,
0: backlight or something. Maybe
1: you want to grab yourself. <laughs> yeah, know, right. Turn and on, light it. Turn on the flashlight, and maybe you're holding one hand at a time. Sure. And you know what? That looks a lot better than taking a picture like this. That looks a lot better than taking a picture like this. And that looks a lot better than not taking the picture at all, which nobody asked you to take.
0: Right. And you know what? the The thing about that, too, is, is like I said, it's the reason you get picked. The reason you're you're who you are is because, you know, the gig, you know what the gig is. And in that gig, there are particular things that need to be done. And only somebody who's done it knows those things and knows how to do them well and frame them well and do them right. And I've worked with and they're all different. In your world, in my world, I've worked with people uh, where I've done weddings, you know, and, I, and I've done weddings for years, for 20 years, and a a product photographer uh, is doing their third wedding, you know, they're brilliant at that, but they get into the wedding thing and they're, they lose their mind because... They don't have that clock that we all have in our head on the wedding job. Like I have 10 is minutes it? to get this. I have th- and they don't have the first rule in the business, which is shoot everything they paid for. I don't care if it's the napkins or the cocktail and they, but their mind is in another photography world. So they, they they're they It's like an MMA fighter coming into the boxing ring. They're not going to do very well, yeah. you know? So knowing the gig is why you get the gig.
1: And also how to use your tools. It's very little that, um, that goes into my hands that like, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, any nervousness or, or, or semi mastery, but like, again, the tool has become slightly simpler. So the power to light with LED now, you know, and um, yeah. this was something that I was kind of going to touch base on, but not, you know, over effectively, but when you look at like, um, I used this example before. So this, you know, obvious to me is Miami Vice. Ah. Is when is when Michael Mann filmed Miami Vice right. in Miami. There was no um, LED color balanced lighting, and he used natural lighting. So if you go back into sunny and you know,
2: yeah,
1: you know these old you know Miami Vices right. from like the eighties, right? There's you know, and he's famous for that. And so I don't really want to get into you know commenting on people, but this is just an example. But now if you go film in Miami right now or shoot Miami right everything's blue everything's daylight you're never going to see Miami like that again naturally Right, right because the color temperatures of the city has changed right so you'll never understand the hues and the naturalism that like something in film like that will create visually because you have to do so much work to it to post to get back to that because he was shooting right you know we were they were doing you know film temperatures which made a big difference because we didn't have the ability to manipulate film temperatures back then right so if you were doing car scapes there's no way you know if you wanted to do like a mile of car scape that you could add gels to every single light No. To make sure. Yeah. And you I were mean, getting blue lights you know you
0: just let it rip and and michael mann you know he he loves that vibe anyway that's sort of like raw i mean there's yeah. a guy in love with grain you know when when digital first came out he was shooting before those isos were too high and he couldn't care exactly else, you know?
1: but i'm saying people have kind of migrated towards that level of right. artist art artistry right meaning availability right when he was using availability at a time when nobody else was right uh, and creating a look from it and right. a feel from it and a grit from it whereas like now we use availability with the understanding that it can be whatever you want. Right. You know, as long as there's a fast enough shutter not to create a blur, as long as there's enough depth of field not right. to create something that you want, then the you know, the film and the color can be manipulated to to, to all end. The, it was a commitment. The one it goes thing, back to the commitment.
0: Right. And the one thing that I think the one technical thing that they quite they're not quite there yet. In my opinion, is the dynamic range? You know, the the highlights and the that's where film still has its something that chemical. Well, you know, I mean, they're pretty close. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. Or
1: what we used to do, you know. I mean, if you go back into the darkroom, color or black and white. Um, I mean, does anybody old enough to remember the one, two, three, four, five filter? <laughs> you know, the one, two, three, four, fives. Um, you know, your um. Again, we, if we were going to go back to chemistry, which photography is based in, you know, what was your dilution of selenium? <laughs> you now, what was your dilution? Right. We all our, had our preferences. dilutions, preferences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my selenium tended to be very high because I wanted blue at the
2: mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm.
1: So I would raise selenium in my, you know, final bath of a print. right? To raise selenium out of the print, not out of the film, mm-hmm. I would develop my film the same. right? I would use selenium to, you know, or, you know, on the the, uh, opposite end, less selenium or no selenium, Mm -hmm. if I wanted the picture to fall to yellow. But the only way you could bring blues out of black and whites, you know, or color was to add a selenium bath at the end, you Mm -hmm. know, and... um, yeah i'm not sure what i'm not sure if photographers know what selenium is right now (laughs) well or what about the color wheel you know i mean the color wheels in photoshop but like who studied you know the rgb creates cymk right Right, right, you know like how did how did but you used to have to create that from chemistry right not from a digital slider right you know so if you needed to add green or if you needed to add magenta or even if you needed to know that the primary colors created right. see cyan magenta and yellow
0: which you know
1: most people obviously can you know rhetorically tell you that but like what do you if you had to go into a room and the pitch dark with a red light on <laughs> and do it with gloves and a mask right and if you're really into it like <laughs> I used to be I used to wear uh, infrared goggles wow so I could see you know, temperature changes in real time because I wow. developed professionally um, in New York City for a professional lab on Little West 12th Street <laughs> before um, it was the meatpacking district. <laughs> what it is today, but we, you know, we used to, you know, infrared goggles, wow. we used to watch wow. um, chemistry happening real time right, in your real chemistry. Time. Yeah. That's... we were still allowed to smoke cigarettes and go and it was tons of fun <laughs> and you know and it was great and uh you know and then the end product of that felt extremely accomplished
0: again it's all tools and the artist is the one who manipulates it but there is something to be said for kind of putting the time into the piece
1: you and i have spoken previous to this and um uh i think i've you know already told you that uh being generation x um learning watching seeing what i saw and some of the people that i work with i I can't even say work for me Mm -hmm. because honestly it's um such a collaboration now we can we haven't really touched on that but commercial photography is very collaborative Mm -hmm. um with the instant visuals and the the renderings, I mean, the renderings that you see now, and you know, you walk into a job, it's very intimidating. It's a, It looks amazing. Like, why don't you walk into a job and you're like, why don't you use the render? You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's perfect. And you have to recreate it for various reasons. But, um, you know, this it's not some stick figure, guy in the back, guy in the front, and, you know, these 3d, you know, digital, all these things. And so, uh, you know, when I'm saying digital text and, you know, the upcoming class, the assistants that want to be like you are really there, I'm not even sure this is, you know, they want to be like you anymore. I think they just want to be like themselves. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't look at you the same way as like, oh, I want to be like him someday. They might be like, oh, I want, you know, right? Uh, you know, two-bedroom apartment. Right, or whatever, apartment. right. Uh, you know, I might want to own a car someday, hmm. and, you know. Versus I don't have a car right now, but they're, you know, and I was working for, you know, you know, no name dropping, but people, Yeah. Um, I wanted to be like them. Right. I wanted to, I watched them on set. I watched them uh, travel. I watched them at airports. I watched them in clients. And I was like, I, I want to do that. You know,
0: like, that's interesting. That, that is an this interesting, is amazing, amazing, interesting you you know? thought that we would have heroes or, or we would have, people or work that we'd aspire to and they kind of don't do that now
1: i'm not you know
0: i mean maybe they do
1: i'm not you know if anybody you know whoever watches this that works for me (laughs) of course they want to be like hey (laughs) yeah but i'm saying yeah there's no holds barred but i'm not uh, under the impression that they're sitting there at 23 24 25 whatever you name it years old being like Someday I want to you know, be a photographer like Chris Egger because right, right. they already want to be their own photographer and chances mm-hmm. are they're already 50% along the way.
0: Right. The The hero worship really is already there. They're already in. They're already doing what they want to be. They're already in, seeing it. You know, there's no mystery. Yeah, or are they
1: worshiping themselves. Exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. So just to wrap this right. up, because it last two minutes here. I, I want to wrap this up. So. Tremendous tremendously successful career like you said your resume has one line on it photographer and that's all you've done and To do something like that for that extended period of time. That's Hall of Fame level That's you that's do making a life and a career out of an art form, which not every artist gets to do um, so that's brilliant so With the young kid picking up that whatever incredible tool that they have now with all the incredible advantages it has over what you started with. What do you tell the young artist forget about, cause I, I know you know this and you've articulated this really clearly what it is to make money, what it is to be a professional, what, how, how you do the gig. That's fine. They're going to, they're going to have to learn that without us. Okay. Just for us, what do you tell them as an artist? What do you tell them picking up that camera to, to think of when they approach their, think when they approach their job when they approach their craft
1: call Elon Musk and see if they can go to Mars because <laughs> that's going to be the that, new landscape that's right <laughs> um, no um, uh, man you know I I've thought about this and I, I actually I was thinking about this question um, because I do um, you know I, I, I do some talking and you know things with students and schools mm. and things and um, you know I have a hard time, honestly, giving any kind of um, rigmarole about, hey, just, you know, you know, do what you love. I, I think, you, honestly, holding the arts in your hands at this moment, including um, acting, mm-hmm. uh, making music, mm-hmm. making, you know, because we see these people, you know, constantly surpassing us without our skills and you know and then you're like well i'm so good at what i do or maybe you're not you know like why why is something made on GarageBand or you know uh at, at apple music uh, that goes viral and they, they gets this tremendous rewards like they're not there's no better or there's no worse in the arts like this stuff is you know it's amazing things and the tools have changed but i think uh um, if if I were to say one thing that would happen if you were a person that picked up something, and it doesn't have to be a camera. Sure. It can be a guitar. It can be a chainsaw. It can be, <laughs> um, you know, because I've, you know, on a side note, uh, during COVID, I've been working with a um, tree cutting crew. Wow. And this is very <laughs> non sequitur, but uh, the art behind what you do
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm completely out of my league (laughs) and this is not just rugged rough and tough stuff this is nuanced you got to know your tools you got to oil you got to chain you got to type you got to do math you got to do tremendous things because if you don't you're going to get hurt in that world Uh, and it's been very humbling to be around what i consider artisans right. and their craft and so you know we can talk about commercial arts and we can talk about visual arts and we can talk about um acting and you know you know anything but you know, i think perseverance is something that is going to land no matter where we land after everything we've been through because if it's something you know you know i got into the situation where I explained it, you know, throughout this podcast that there was something I liked in life and I had to find a way to continue what I liked and, you know, photography sort of filled the role. Um, So it wasn't like I had to be a photographer to be able to travel. I just wanted to do something and to be free and to be not confined and to run my own business. And I, I wanted these things and, If somebody would have offered me a gas station business (laughs) at 24 years old, I mean, maybe I would have run it because I could have played my own music and I could have fulfilled the same goals, you know. Photography didn't have to be the vehicle when I was young. Photography became the vehicle because it was something I was good at and passionate, and my passion linked with what I was artistic Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. able to create. If you persevere, no matter what, like... It You know, I mean, how many times have you thought this is over? Yeah. How many times yeah. have you thought, I got all this stuff and nobody hires me? Yeah, And absolutely. these thoughts come to you often. Um, you see your schedule and it's amazing. And then you see your schedule and it's down. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you see, you know, and then sometimes, you know, God forbid, somebody doesn't pay you that you expected. And right. these things are not you don't have a paycheck every Thursday. You don't have health insurance. You don't have these things. So what makes you persevere? Like what, why do you pick up that the next day and say yes to the next person? Why?
0: Why? Because it's what you want to do. All right. So that's it. It's really, you know, it's, it's finding the thing that you want. Uh, Putting the time in and the apprenticeship in to understand the tools and the, the calculations and the, and the nuts and bolts of that so that you're a master of it. And then on top of it all, persevering all the way through because it is what you want. That's it that's that's basically the inspiration you've you've uh, you've left our folks with which is it's a great pathway to follow and uh, and I sure appreciate uh, everything you've given me here uh, uh, awesome conversation my friend
1: maybe that's not um, a photography what a one checklist but um, <laughs> in a grand scheme of things it's an ego checklist and an art checklist yeah if you love it keep doing it you know, that's it. That's all you can do. <laughs> what else are you we gonna do? That's it. That's all. What else are you gonna do? We have no
0: choice. We have no choice. Yeah, well, dude, yeah, do something I, you don't love. No, that's, up not to gonna, you. that's not gonna happen. Not that's never not again. I've, I've been there, never. done that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Me
1: too. Never so, gonna do
0: it. Right. Listen, man. Thanks so much. I took up a lot of your time. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, let's uh, let's uh, stay in touch as time goes on. And hopefully, when all this clears up, we'll get to work together again.
1: Uh, I'm pretty much that's going to happen no matter what.
0: All right, cool, man. I appreciate clearing it. Clearing into clearing. Yeah, that's All right. Always. All right.